It is good to be back. And I know some of you are thinking, where'd you go? Because you weren't in church last week. Because it was Memorial Day. It's not like we take attendance or anything like that, so don't worry about that. But we were actually at our Foursquare National uh, Connection. We call it uh, Connection. It's like a convention where our uh, pastors and leaders from around the world uh, gather together and just get some vision uh, to be refreshed. Uh, and just to connect with one another so that we can all uh, help in growing uh, the body of Christ and helping to disciple uh, people. And so we we're in Ohio, and it is hot there. And it's a different kind of hot. It's, it's hot and humid, but at the same time, dry, if that's even possible. By the time I got back home, my skin was dry. I mean, it was skin. It felt, I felt like it was just cracking. And the moment we got off the plane on Oahu, it was raining. And, you know, people are coming in and visiting, and they're seeing the rain, and they're, it doesn't look like the postcards. So they're kind of disappointed. I land, and I'm thinking, yes, it's raining. I step foot off of that airplane into where, you know, we are in the outside of the terminal, and I feel my skin soak in the water. That's how dry it was. I could just feel my skin just suck up all the moisture in the air. So it felt good to be home. But then we had to come to here, Hilo. And I tell you, just coming in, when you start to come home from being away for so long, it just feels so good. And so that's where we were. We were gone. And, and uh, Dr. Glenn Burris, who is the president of our Foursquare denomination, sends you his love. Uh, Dr. Robert Flores, who is the president of Life Pacific College, our Foursquare College, sends you his love. And some of you heard him speak. Willie, he, um, he said to say hi to you because... Uh, you guys are like buddies now, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know what you guys did, but uh, I think you guys connected well. So he just wanted to send his greeting to all of you. Uh, Pastor Aaron did an outstanding job last week with presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that would help us as we continue in our series, The Value of Ohana. And he talked about how we make decisions together as a family. And that's a difficult thing to do. So I just want to say thank you to Pastor Aaron for jumping in and being there. Could we thank him for just uh, being there and, and, and giving his all for the Lord? Now, we all have dealt with some kind of setback or some kind of uh, difficulty in life. And today, this morning, we want to talk about navigating rough seasons. We all go through seasons. We see in our world that we go through seasons, summer, winter, spring, and fall. There's different seasons that we go through. Well, it's the same thing in life. We go through different seasons. When we're born, we go through the season of everybody does something for us. Kind of sounds like uh, the same thing as you grow up. But as you continue to grow up, you start to do things for yourself. Then you experience a thing called mistakes. We make mistakes. We make decisions that we make and we look back at and we say, shucks, I should have done differently. Then we enter into seasons of the unknown. I don't know what I'm going to do. Who am I becoming? We enter into seasons of financial difficulties. Sometimes we stay there for a long time. Sometimes we enter into relational seasons where there's conflict. Or maybe even in your family, you go through a season of difficulties. Some of us go through seasons of great times. Many of us do. We go through a great season in our marriage, great season with our kids or our parents. We go through wonderful seasons. We love those seasons. But what do we do when we come into an, a rough season, a difficult season? 
Whether it's with our finances, our family, co-workers, friends, the economy, our world, fear, frustration. Think about it. You could, you could list so many things that cause rough seasons. I was looking at how, uh, how boats navigate through rough seasons, and, and there's so many different reasons why they may capsize or uh, they may have a difficult time. But two of the most common reasons why uh, these captains of ships have a difficult time navigating through rough, seasons, uh, rough seas is not necessarily because of the vessel that they're navigating, but two common things that they find. One is a lack of knowledge. And then the second is a lack of skill. That they don't have the skill, the necessary skill to navigate through the rough seas when they encounter them. Now when it comes to our very own lives, the good thing is that God has all the wisdom in the world. He has the greatest skill in the world. Again, we fall short of the glory of God. But at least we fall short of His glory, if anything. Because it's His glory, it's His wisdom, it's His strength that will help us to navigate through the roughest seasons of life. You may have just lost a loved one. Maybe health went bad. Maybe you just went to the doctors and you're waiting for the results. Or you have an appointment and you don't know what it's going to turn out to be. Some are in a season of recovering. Or in a season of going through therapy or treatment. And it's a rough season and you're wondering, how do I continue to live my life through this rough season. Hard to enjoy life in our family when we go through rough seasons. And today what we want to look at is how to navigate through rough seasons the way God wants us to. Not how we want, because if we had our way, we would would take revenge on people. We would yell at people. Some of us have already done that, but that's why we're here today. We're going to see how we can do better. But if we did it our way, we would do things opposite of God because God's ways are so much higher than our own. And we want to learn together how we can, how we can navigate through these rough seasons and, and understanding that even though we go through these rough seasons, it just very well may be that the things that we go through, not that God causes them, but that sometimes in those seasons could be his blessings and mercies in disguise. When we were learning about marriage and finances and all those things early on in our marriage, we went through the difficult season of getting to know one another. Because you could be dating for years, but once you get married, now you start to learn about each other. And there's certain things that you learn about each other and you think, shucks, I didn't know this. If I knew this, I would have waited a little while. But that's what marriage does. It helps us to learn and helps us to grow together. Our finances wasn't the best. Yes, we were making a whole lot money, a whole lot more money back then before we came to know the Lord than today. But for some reason, we had no money. But along that rough season and learning through God's ways, we've learned about tithing and how the principle of tithing is God's blessing to us. We've learned about how to give. We've learned how to trust God. And even though we so-called make a whole lot less more money today, we have a whole lot more security because of Him. We don't have this huge debt, except, of course, for our house mortgage, which is pretty high, but it doesn't, it doesn't put us backwards. We're able to pay all our bills 
And if not for that rough season in the beginning, we would not have the skill and wisdom necessary for this season of our life. When I first began in ministry and, and uh, learned about what it means to serve God and then, and then serve people and, and be, uh, be someone who is used in the church in serving God, I went through many difficult seasons. But it's those difficult seasons that I've gone through that has brought me to a place that now I'm able to help others go through rough seasons too. And I still go through rough seasons. But from that rough seasons that I've been through, and you have been through many, don't you come outside on the other side, don't you come on the other side more full or full of more wisdom? That now you know what to do and what not to do. That's why for the kids, a lot of our kids, they don't understand when we tell them, be careful of this or watch this. They think we don't know what we're talking about. But we've been through that. Try to talk to your teenager about boyfriends and girlfriends and being careful and all these things. They just say, I get them. I know what I'm doing. And then after a while, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> he broke up with me. He just was using me. I told you, you don't understand, but parents do. And so we go through these rough seasons, not just to go through them, but we actually come out on the other side full of wisdom, if we choose so. Here's some things that I've learned and observed, and I'm going to share some things this morning. And if you can catch some of them, great. If not, then you can teach me a thing or two, because I know for all of us, we've all been through rough seasons. And we all want to learn, what does it mean to go through a rough season, but come out on the other side victorious? See, we'll encounter rough seasons. But how do we navigate through them? In your bulletin, there's uh, some notes that uh, we have our scriptures on there. In Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12, the psalmist gives us a wonderful picture of of when we go through rough seasons. Most of the Psalms were written by David, who went through some horrendous seasons. So he's speaking out of a life that God touched that brought him through rough seasons. And this is what it says. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from me, uh, from you, but the night shines as the day. Then he ends with this in this passage. He says, the darkness and the light are both alike to you. He's saying no matter what you're going through, you could be going through a wonderful season of life or through a rough season. What he's saying is God's blessings are all the same. Good times or bad times. It's his blessing and his His providence for us that are all the same. That He reigns on the good and on the bad. It's His blessings that are the same. John Glenn, who we know as an astronaut, did more than just that. You know, he was involved in the World Wars, uh, World War II, and then in Korea. uh, Received countless medals. But he said this when orbiting the earth. He said, You know, to look out at this kind of creation out here and not believe in God, 
is to me impossible. It just strengthens my faith. I wish there were words to describe what it's like. And the late James Irwin, who walked on the moon in 1971, who later on became an evangelical minister, often described that lunar mission as a revelation. And in his words, he says this, I felt the power of God as I'd never felt it before. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, when they landed on the moon, it's not really broadcasted this way or, or said in this way or, or given this way, but, but their first act on the moon wasn't stepping out and taking that small step for mankind, or excuse me, one small step for mankind and one, how do you say it? One small step for man and one giant step for mankind. You know what they did? They took communion. Before they ever stepped foot on that moon, they took communion. Because they understood that for them to get there wasn't about jet propulsion and, and, and fuel and scientific uh, reasoning. Although included, you needed God's handy work involved in it. Get on the airplane and fly. Everybody prays. I don't care if you believe in God or not. Everybody prays. And if you don't, if the plane is going down, you will. (laughs) It's just something about God's glory and His blessing that once we understand, and we understand how to navigate through rough seasons. See, it's one thing to feel the power of God. But it's another thing to live it And when we're going through these rough seasons, if you're taking notes, you can write in this first point. To draw close to Jesus. Draw close to Jesus. You know, every single one of our family members will encounter rough seasons. We will all need some kind of common ground to kind of help us navigate through these rough seasons. To help each person individually with the difficulties that we face. See, every person in our family have different personalities. Now take it, they might say, oh, your daughter is just like you or your son is just like you. But they have their unique personalities. You may be just like your mom or just like your dad, but still you go through your individual rough season. But when we draw close to Jesus, especially as family, we all now have a common ground rather than for everyone to be going in opposite directions. That's the value of family. That's the value of Ohana. When we draw close to Jesus Christ, we draw strength from Him. Your difficulty may not be the same as the other person in your family. But it's a difficulty. Remember as teenagers, the difficulties you went through for your parents was like a small thing. Your shoe could get dirty. You're upset. It's like end of the world. For your parents, they're saying, just clean it. Yeah, but it's dirty. It's brand new. I just got it. Look, it's supposed to be white. It's now dirty. Your kids lose their sock or their favorite shirt or something, and it's like end of the world. Or somebody didn't get back to them, or I texted someone, and they didn't text me back, so I don't know. And and it's like the end of the world. But for adults, it's not a big deal for some of the things that our kids go through. For adults, we go through financial difficulties. Our kids, they're not going through it. They're wondering, why are you stressing out all the time? Relax, mom, dad, relax. You think you relax, relax, get a job. I'll relax. I know you're seven, but get a job. Then we would have finances. But your difficulty and their difficulties are totally different. But we all need Jesus. Every single one of us need Jesus Christ. 
See, when we draw close to Jesus Christ, especially our family, He gives us the strength and the wisdom and the endurance, the perseverance, the patience to go through the rough seasons as family, as individual members in our family. This is how he says it in the book of Matthew. Matthew records these words from Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Wouldn't all of us love just to rest? And he says, I'll give you rest. But watch what he does. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what Jesus is saying? The rest that you need, the rest that I need, is not just a physical sleep rest. Although we all could use that, and some of you are doing that right now, and that's fine, at least you're in church. We all need rest for our souls. We could be physically drained, but able to function. But when you're spiritually drained, as great of in shape we, as we are, or are, could be, when we're, when we're spiritually drained, you know how difficult it is to navigate through rough seasons when you're spiritually drained? That's why he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. When he uses this word yoke, we understand that it's a, that yoke that connects two oxen, that when they plow the field, they can give a whole lot more service because there are two of them going together. But this word yoke also means to be enslaved or to carry a burden. And what Jesus is saying is, he's saying this to the Israelites. And he's saying to them, in the context of, when he uses this word yoke, in the context of, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Remember, remember the yoke that the Egyptians put on you. Hard labor, the burden of being a slave to the Egyptians. And now, under the Roman oppression. Now he's saying, you feel that yoke, you feel that oppression, you feel that? Why are you staying connected to that which drains you and drags you down? He says, take my yoke upon you. For I am gentle, not a slave driver. I'm lowly in heart. I don't use my authority over you. I use it to build you up. I'm humble in spirit. Then he says, for my burden is light. My yoke is easy. He's not a slave driver. He's a miracle maker. And he says, when you link up with me, I will give you rest for your souls. That's individually as family members. Draw close to him. When my kids were young and they had to carry things, sometimes we'd have to carry like long planks of board. And you can carry one end and they can carry one end, but when they're three years old, they can't carry heavy things like that. So what I would do is, because they wanted to help and be a part of what we were doing, instead of me being on one end and then them being on the other end, what I would do is I would go closer to them. And I would pretty much carry the whole thing and then they would hold it up too i would let them struggle a little bit so that they learn and build some muscle and i would just carry it with them and they would be carrying it. oh this is heavy i said yeah but you're doing an excellent job you're doing wonderful and then we'd be done and then as they continued to grow up i would move further and further and further and further back 
but still linked together. Why? Because they built the muscles. Now, when it comes to Christ, the Bible says to draw near to him. Why? Because we can't feel all of that weight. And you know what's so good about Jesus Christ? Is that he doesn't leave us. Sometimes we feel he's distant. He's not distant. He's still there. He's just allowing us a little bit more weight. Why? Because he's building our spirit. He's building us up so that we can, again, handle the difficult things that come our way. He's not going to abandon us. But he will help us to grow spiritually. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to drop the load. He's not going to drop the heaviness on you. He's going to be there. But he's going to allow us the responsibility to keep this relationship with him. The Bible says he doesn't leave us nor forsake us. Most of the times, it's not not him. It's us. Draw close to him. And when you as a family draw closer to Jesus, he carries the weight. And when we understand that, we begin to understand, wait a minute, your, your blessings that come in my life help me through this rough season. Now, some of us have gone through a difficult season. We've, we've encountered some pain, some, some anxiety, some frustrations, maybe some in depression. And we're wondering, okay, but I draw close to Jesus. And, and, and the healing has not taken place yet. I, 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 I've, I've lost a loved one and, there, and the healing is, 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 is not 100%. No, the Bible gives us a way to heal, and it talks about a time for everything. But even though you may be going through a rough season, whatever it may be, it could be with your kids, could be with health, or a loss of a loved one, or even some news that are, that's bad news, allow proper time for healing. And you can write that in, number two. Just allow that proper time for healing. We all need time to heal. Allow that proper time. Because when we allow that healing time, that proper healing time, then we can understand that, wait a minute, it's not, it's not about when I get hurt, then, I'll just, then everything will just go away. But there are some things that maybe I should be learning. Maybe there's some things that God is teaching me through this rough season. Not that He's going to make things happen so we learn, but He will always give us what we need, not what we want. Your setback, pain, or sorrow may not be like someone else's. And as a family, we can can actually uh, run the mistake of thinking everybody else will heal like us. And if you go through a difficult time and you'll you'll tell someone, boy, I went through that, but boy, I didn't take two weeks to mourn about it. Be cautious of this word right here. And if you have to write this down, please do this. Be cautious of this phrase. Just get over it. Be cautious of that phrase. Because it can be very hurtful for someone who's trying to heal. Men and women heal differently. One may heal in a day. One may take 10 years. Now, if you're married and one takes a day and one takes 10 years, that's a rough season. But it's like that because we're all different. But we're of the same bloodline from Jesus Christ. He's the healer. Here's another phrase that you want to be careful of. (laughs) How long are you going to grieve? Be careful of that. Or this one. I don't think any of us use this, but just be careful. You're so pathetic. 
I hope we don't use that. Now, you may use other words. Just be cautious of that. Be cautious because we all heal differently. See, remember, we may all hurt at the same time, but we will all heal in different time zones. As a family, we may all all get hurt at the same time, but we'll all heal in different time zones. And that's what Ecclesiastes says, 3, verses 1 and 3. It says, there is an appointed time for everything. Circle that word, everything. Underline it, highlight it, whatever you have to do. Even if you have to cut it out and glue it on your forehead. Next week, I'm going to see some of you guys because I know some of you guys will do that. And there is a time for every event under under heaven. Then it says a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. Because there are times where you feel like just killing one another. You know, it's just not, not literally, okay? I'm not saying literally. It's that you just have that, that run of emotions that it just gets the best of you. You want revenge. You want to tell that person off. You want to say what you want to. But it doesn't really help in the healing process. There's a time to heal. There's a time for everything. When the Bible says there's a time for everything, it's talking about an appointed time. There's an appointed time for everything. In other words, everything in healing has its own time. It has its own time set aside for healing. And when we don't allow that proper healing time, it's difficult to heal. It'll, that, that, that wound or that hurt, if, if you keep bringing that up or you keep messing with it or you keep using it against other people, it will never heal. 10, 15 years will go by, but it'll never heal. Your healing has its own time. It'll be different with your spouse, that healing time. It'll be different with your children, your parents, even your coworkers, your family, your friends. It'll all be different time zones. Believe it or not, some people stay in the healing phase by choice. That they want to stay there because it gives them an upper hand over people. It gives them a way to grab attention. It gives them a way to leverage their words, their life. And they choose to stay in the healing time. But allow that proper healing time so you heal. Because God wants to use us for other things that we may not ever see Him using us for. Allow that proper time to heal. I know we're, you know, many of us are hard head. I'm one of them. You know, if you're playing a sport and you get hurt, but you love the sport, it's like you keep playing. And then when you got to go to work, you call in sick. It's like one of those things. You know, as a husband, maybe my back is sore or something. And, uh, you know, Heidi wants me to help her do something. Oh, I cannot, my back. Take aspirin, take, you know, ibuprofen. I did, I took the whole bottle, but it's not working. Then I get a phone call. Hey, you want to go golf? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, my friends want to go golf. Well, what about your back? No, I just got to stretch out. You know, I just, if I can just stretch it out. Hey, look, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's like if we love something, for, all, uh, for some reason, we are healed. But we all have a, God gives us a proper time for healing. Don't choose not to be healed. Choose to be healed. Then you can go golf. Then you can be the mom God created you to be. Then you can be the father God sees you to be. The child that God believes you to be. Then you can become that successful person that God planned you to be. 
But if we stay in that healing phase, boy, we're stuck there. And it's hard to get out of. See, the rough seasons that we encounter, they're seasons. Seasons. Seasons come and go. But allow that proper time for healing to take, to take place so that you can, and here's our last point, enjoy the rest of your life. Enjoy the rest of your life. Some of us had a setback. Some of us went through a difficult time, a rough season. But that is not your life. It's a part of it, but it's not its entirety. We all go through rough seasons. There's going to be many things that the devil will use to rob you of the life that Jesus promised to you. In John 10.10, many of us know this scripture. We've memorized it. But I'll give us John 10.10 and 11. And it states this, and Jesus is saying this, the thief does not come except, here's his purpose, doesn't do anything else but this, steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, but I, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know what the thief is as the devil It's one who comes by stealth. That's what the thief means. You're not a thief if you... In this context, okay? So don't take this and apply this part. You're not a thief if you don't know how to steal without no one knowing. You're not a thief. You're a bad crook. That's what you are. You're horrible at stealing. But if you can steal really good, you're a thief. But you know what's even better than stealing and nobody knowing or or being behind the scenes and no one being around? Is if you can steal while everyone is around. Now, don't take this out of context, okay? But that's what Jesus is talking about. Not just the thief stealing when no one's around in stealth, but stealing in stealth in public. That's the word he's using. That you you can steal in stealth openly. And that's what the devil comes to do. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. See, the devil doesn't care if you give him credit or not of stealing, killing, or destroying your life. So long as you don't enjoy a life with Jesus. He doesn't care if you give him credit or not. He doesn't care if you know it's him or not. What he cares about is if you live a life that Jesus promised. He doesn't want that for us. Don't let him win by giving away your joy or letting him steal or letting him kill your dreams for your family or letting him destroy the very life that Jesus promised. He promised life and life more abundantly. Whatever setback we encounter, whatever rough season we go through, we're going to learn from it. We're going to get stronger because of it. We're We're going to receive wisdom that would never have been given to us if we've never gone through that. That's how good God is. Even though we go through a rough season, He's always there for us. Learn from Him. He's gentle. And all the things that we go through as a rough season that we go through, know that His blessing will always be there. Something may have died in you because of something that just happened, a rough season. Allow that proper healing time. But don't stop living. Enjoy the rest of your life. Laura and 
Martin's story. It's a married couple. They've been married for over seven years. And she writes a song. Laura writes a song called Blessings. And you may have heard it before. But in this song, she talks about what they went through as husband and wife. And Jerry and Leilani are going to sing it to us this morning. Listen to the backstory of this song. That they actually, Laura and her husband, actually went through a rough season before they came out with this song. And, and some parts are funny. You know, she gives an interview. And then something that she said, she said, you know, my husband was going through this season and I didn't know what it was. Like he would be sitting on the couch watching TV and I would ask him to help me with something. And he would say, oh yeah, I got it. But then he would forget about it later. And she would be telling this to the doctor. She says, doctor, I I asked my husband to do things and then later on he forgets. And the doctor says, he's a man. And they laugh a little bit and and she explains other things. Yeah, and and then he says he's going to do this and then he forgets. And then after being a little bit more serious, the doctor said, then we'll check him out. And then they did and they found that he had a brain tumor. And boy, that rocked their world, changed everything. And they went through the most difficult seasons of life and are still going through it. Oh, they've prayed for healing numerous times. And they've asked God the question, why is he not healed? 100%, because there's many healings that took place in his life, but not the 100% physical healing. And she says this, I don't... I don't know about that side of it, about the healing side. God will, God will have his reasons that are beyond my understanding, but I trust him, she says. I trust him. And that the healing may not be a physical healing. And she says, I'm learning that it's more than a physical healing. It's, it's this kind of healing. And it just might very well be God's blessing and mercies in disguise. If you're ever going to draw a line in your family, make sure you're all on the same side with God. See, God values Ohana. He values family. There's going to be things that go on in our lives that we may never understand. But when we begin to at least understand that God loves us more than anything, then we'll be able to navigate through the most difficult most roughest seasons of life. Really, it's not because of us, our skill, our knowledge, or anything like that. It's because of His mercy, His His compassion, His grace, His forgiveness, His power and His strength, but most of all, because of God's love. And that's what He wants us all to encounter, how great is the love of God. Would you bow your heads with me and we'll close in prayer. Lord, we're so thankful that you are a God who doesn't look at our mistakes, our past faults, or the choices that we make that are actually against you. You love us beyond those kinds of things. You're the kind of God who wants us to experience your love. Lord, when we go through these rough seasons, sometimes it's hard to find you. We may have all the questions in the world. But maybe the pain that we go through and the the difficult times, it's an indicator that there's something more to this life. There's something more to 
this world and what we can see. And it's a thing called eternity. Lord, many of us understand eternity and some of us don't. Some of us think we don't deserve to be with you forever because of our mistakes. And and that's partly true. But we become worthy because of what Jesus has done for us. And it's because of your sacrifice, Lord, that, that we can stand before a holy God. If anyone here this morning has never made that connection with God, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this is a prayer that would, that would help you connect with God, help you build a relationship with God, to help put aside all the guilt that we can't do a thing about, but Jesus can. He said he came to seek and save the lost. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to say a prayer. God, here's your heart. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I want that abundant life that you promised for me. And so I trust you. I believe in you. I give my life to you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again. Sealing my eternity with you. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer, I want to pray with you. Could you just lift a hand real quick? I'm just looking around just to see if anyone said that prayer. I want to pray with you. Good. Right here. Anybody else? Good. In the back there. Anybody else? Right here. You said yes. Anybody else? You prayed that prayer. Good. In the back there. Lord, you see the hands. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down. Some of you may not have lifted your hands, but the Lord sees your heart. And so, Father, I pray for these that just said yes to you, that their, their life will be different because of your spirit and your love. Not because they heard a great message or a great song, but they encountered your spirit. So help them as as they navigate through their life, whether in good times or bad. For all of us, Lord, even as Christians, we still navigate through rough seasons. But we need you, Lord. And as Christians, Lord, we too say we need you today as we needed you the first day we met you. In fact, if that's you as a Christian, you're saying, I need Jesus today. Could you just lift a hand real quick? You're saying, I need Jesus today. Good, Lord. I see a lot of our hands. As Christians, Lord, we're saying we need you. We don't ever want to live our lives separate from you. You can put your hands down. Thank you for being such a wonderful God that you navigated the rough season of your life when you sent your one and only son. You know what it's like to lose a loved one. You know what it's like when, you're, when your child goes through a rough season. You know what it's like when, when people ridicule, poke fun at you, beat you, say terrible things about you. You know what it's like. And you're able to give us the power to navigate through the rough seasons because you value each and every ohana, every individual. So we thank you for being this wonderful, healing God. In your name we pray. We all said, amen, amen.